Attention passengers, we've now reached our destination. We hope you enjoyed the flight and have a nice day. What's up, fam? Welcome to This Connected Podcast. I'm Catholic.Dad, also known as Arnell to some people. Today, we'll be talking about different situations and point of views about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way to not necessarily agree, but definitely be listened to. This, of course, is my perspective and those of my guests. Welcome to This Connected Podcast. I want to introduce to you guys, and I want to welcome to the podcast some guests from, well, they're younger than me, but they're young adults from our Diocese of San Bernardino. I think I'm like old enough to be like their father or something. No way. I don't know, maybe even their grandfather. But they're young adults from our diocese, and we're here to like talk about something that's really important for them. No longer important for me because I'm already hitched, but we're going to talk about... Dating. Oh, oh my okay. <laughs> The real scary word, you know, I was there with you guys, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves because this is going to be a hilarious episode if these guys are going to be honest. And they're going to be honest because, guys, they're Catholic, so they got to be honest, right? It's like just putting on the Catholic guilt there. Um, so this is Catholic Dad introducing some of these people. I got, I think, Delane, I got Haley, and I got Tony, a.k.a. Tony Pimentel, TP, totally Total Providence, I think that's what I call him. But we're just going to talk about this thing called dating. Dating during this time for Catholics. I don't know how you guys are going to be dating because, yeah, well... Let me let me allow you guys to introduce yourselves. So let's start with Tony. Tony, introduce yourself and tell our listeners who you are. I am Tony Pimentel. I am a coordinator of middle school and high school ministry at St. Oscar Romero. I'm 25, and uh, that's who I am. That's who he is. All right, Delane, tell us who you are. Hello, I'm Delane Judith Baronia. I'm a young adult minister and a youth music minister. Uh, I'm 24. I don't know why I hesitated. But <laughs> yes, I'm confident that I'm 24. <laughs> she is pretty sure. Yes. I, I'm pretty like sure. Like 99% sure. Yeah. There, there could 100%. be that moment where, uh, yeah, don't know. Am I 24? Am I 24 and single? Am I 24 and dating? Ouch. 24 and single. <laughs> uh, you know what? Vocational director, for all those vocational directors out there, stay away from Delane. She's trying to figure it out. <laughs> right. That's true. I am trying to figure it out. Actually, I have a funny story about that, but 
for later. Yeah. yeah, search and discern. She's in that search and discern moment. All right. So Haley, tell us who you are. Hi, I'm Haley. I'm the young adult minister at St. Paul the Apostle, and I'm 21. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> she's legal. She can drink <laughs> legally. Yeah. I might go off tangent here because I was telling you guys earlier, I just had conversations over the week with my college buddies. And so it, it, it took me back to the years of college and dating. I thought I'd contact them and say, hey, do you guys remember what dating was like? And it took me too far back to the days of um, those days. So we're going to talk about dating. So this is really, really um, uh a tough topic for me to discuss because I actually have children your age, ouch, who are actually dating. And I love the fact and I love watching how they're dating, um, which is so different from how I used to date. And even even what dating was called in my days, you know, when we used to pick up the ladies in our dinosaur and things like that, <clears throat> it was different. I mean, even the terms, we didn't call it Dating, at least I didn't call it dating. When when I wanted to ask someone out, we called it courtship. Ooh, like we courted the girl. And and her parents said, Yes, you may come over and visit her. Like, visit who? Visit her in the living room. And you know, if you guys listened to the last podcast, my first date with my wife was with a chaperone. And I was 19 years old. We had a chaperone. She sat between us in the middle seat of a movie theater. She sat in between us. Now, i give you a background story. When we were actually um, already dating and we were, get this, we were engaged. We went on a trip. We both had to bring a chaperone because she had to bring a chaperone. So any self-respecting man would bring his own chaperone. Why do you think I brought my own chaperone? Because you're a smooth ladies' man. Pretty much. So that my chaperone can distract her chaperone and my wife and I, my girlfriend and I, could go do what we needed to do, which was hang out. I mean, holiness all the way around, but... Who wants that chaperone? We standing in between you, right? So, I brought my cousin. You know, shout out to Joseph. Brought my cousin and told him, "Hey, you know what? You're gonna come with me. I need you to distract Carla." Shout out to Carla. That was my wife's chaperone. And they went off. And I think actually they got to date. So that's my story with 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 dating in college, at least the parts that I can share. So, what about you guys? You know. How is dating for you guys now? Um, so when I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking about the whole premise that my theory here is our generation, or at least at the tail end of millennials, early Gen Z, don't know how to date. Like that's my theory that we don't know what dating is. Because our only sense of communication is through the phone. I remember my first date uh, was the movies, and I, there's a f there's a f actually a whole little 
conversation I was going to talk about as far as first date as movies, because there's the whole concept of not getting uh, to talk to one another during that movie. So I was like, you know, doing a great job so far of picking the first date as a movie. And I had my first date. We went to the movies. And you know, you know, like this thing called holding hands, you know, that thing. Like, I didn't know what to do with my hands. And I'm like overthinking. I'm like 15. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's the where we go sit down in, uh, in the theater and there's the, the, the armrest, right? Yeah, the armrest. That's 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 hand signal for armrest. Um, and <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. I, I, I was told by my friend, you know how like you ask for your guy friends for advice. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to check all the boxes. I'll know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. So they told me don't put the armrest down because then you could do the arm move. Right. Right. It's facts. Right. So I did that. I didn't keep it. I didn't keep it down. I kept it up. And the whole movie, I'm just like, when am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? And about halfway to the halfway point of the movie, she ends up putting it down because I don't do it at all. (laughs) And and I remember, (laughs) I remember at the very end, uh, like weeks later, we talked about that. And she's like, yeah, you like just never made a move. So I just figured you weren't interested. And I was like, yeah, and I don't think people know how to date, or I definitely don't know how to date. It, it, you know what, Tony? It's okay because when I was at that age uh, in high school, I did ask a girl out, and I did not know whether, you know, she I I should give her a kiss good night or whether I shouldn't. I was deathly afraid of her mother, and so when I dropped her off, I shook her hand. And she looked at me because she was leaning forward and I shook her hand because I saw in the corner of my eye her mother who was looking. And later on, we did get together and her mother told me, I was looking and wondering why you did not kiss my daughter. And I was like, because I was like freaked out with you, you know, I thought you were going to kill me or something. But, but yeah, that that's awkward. And you know what? Advice there for young people, fifteen who are dating: buy some raisinets and a drink. That's what you do with your hands, so you kind of have something to hold. <laughs> no, you know, you know what's funny to comment on the the fact of being afraid of your parents. I think right now because we're so we have phones, right? We could just text the person. Out, when you pick them up, right? You could just do it at the curb. It's so e- much easier because you're just so afraid that, like, is this one of the parents? Because I've had situations where the the girl d- hasn't told the parents that we're going out. So the times where I go and get greet them at the door, there's it's just a complete awkward, shy, terrible conversation. It's like, why are you here, right? So that's traumatized me so much to the point where I just rather text them, hey, I'm outside because I don't want to have that conversation. It, it would, I'd be for it if it was just like, oh, yeah, the parents are aware of it. They're fine with it. So we can actually meet and have an actual conversation. Hey, we're just going to go on, you know, to the movies. I don't, don't worry. I won't even hold their hands. It's fine. Um, and then just have that conversation. But when they don't even say that, they don't even say that it's about to go. We're about to go out. Then I just am left with. What do I do? So, so is is that a thing? 
that uh, when you ask someone out, I mean, at your age, at your age, young adults, we're not looking at high school, we're not looking at middle school, but as as young adults, when you ask someone out, do you like go and say, hey, you know what, I'd like to take you out to dinner. Um, should I ask your parents? Wouldn't that be awkward? I mean, you're you're 24, you're 21. You, I don't actually know how old Tony is. He looks like, what, 16? I'm kidding, Tony. Uh, uh, no, I do. What I do think th- he was talking about was last year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes, no, I, I do think it's still relevant because most young adults are still living with their parents because living in California is banana is expensive. But that's a whole nother thing. No, but no, as at least for Hispanic families, I know that they do, regardless if they're still in their early 20s, they still have to check in with the parents if it's romantic involvement, hanging out like on a date. So to answer your question, I've noticed that, yeah, it, it tends to be like you still have to consult with them and talk with them and have that dialogue. That's always um, good. My parents aren't even like, they're like pretty chill about it. Um, I mean, I'm not going on dates, but like, I know that they don't like, they don't necessarily care, but I personally would want the guy to ask my parents because I'm close. I'm really like really close to my parents. And so like, that would tell me a lot of like the commitment level of like what the guy's intentions are, even as far as just like, I'm like, we're dating to, you know, like, I do like you. I want to see if there's something like worth a relationship here or whatever. Um, but I think that goes back to like, I don't, I don't think we know how to date because even like a co- I was telling Tony yesterday, cause he had this whole like questionnaire thing and he was like, wait, did you, <laughs> did you answer all these things um, properly? I was like half yes, half I was like messing around and stuff. And I answered one of his questions about like, have I been on a date or something, but I've never been on like a proper date. Like, Hey, Delane, like, do you want to go on a date? Like that's never happened. It's always been like, cause we're so connected via like social media and like texting. It's always been established that like we like each other and then we're just going to like go hang out or mm. like, it's never, it's never said that, <clears throat> Like, we're actually going on a date, but everything we do feels like a date. And so I'm just like, yeah, I think we need a, we need to learn how to date because so, this is bad. <laughs> so, Delaine, you said it, it's never been, like, formalized. that. So it's just hang out. We just end up hanging out together, things like that. Yeah. Can I ask if you're Filipino? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, because I, I, I wanted to say, I wanted to say, you know, your mom's going to walk in and says, Delaine, it's, it's Saturday. <laughs> You're not going out? <laughs> so, like, lo- I mean, my parents are pretty okay. It's, like, my grandparents and everyone else. It's either, like, it's either I'm going to be a nun because I'm pretty, other than, like, Catholic, like, our priest uncles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as young people being devout, that's, like, me and my family. And so, like, everyone's, like, oh, Delane, our little nun. And I'm, like, oh, no, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Yeah. I'm down if the Lord is down. Um, but then like my, I have like, I grew up with like four girl cousins that all live in California with me. And so they've always had like, like three of them are like around my age and they've always had boyfriends. Like they've always like brought home guys starting like beginning of high school to like now. And I've never once like introduced my family to like any guy and stuff. And so my family's like, um, 
my grandma is starting to be like, oh, you're not dating anyone yet? Yet? Anyone yet? And I'm just like, nope. The pressure. Nope. <laughs> yeah, the pressure is on. I was 27. I was actually 26 when people started asking if I was going to become a priest because I wasn't dating. I was like, I'm engaged. Yep. I'm engaged. It's the, I'm not dating because I'm engaged. <laughs> not married yet. We're on our way. We're on our way. Calm Don't down. rush it. It's like, you know, we were going to wait till 28. Okay, 27. We'll get married now. And, um, but yeah, I, I do think that, yeah, that's, I, I just feel so, you know, I thought dating during my generation was hard, but, and we didn't have, we didn't have the, we didn't have texting. You actually had to call people. Uh, I, I just don't understand how that whole, Texting, hey, let's let's get together and and hang out, and you don't even hear the person's voice. I mean, have you ever been where you met someone and it's always via text, and then you you end up on a date with them and their voice totally just freaks you out? It's like that is not yes. the voice I thought. Ooh, yes. Tony, do tell. Yeah, share with that, Tony. I mean, sure, if you want to tell. Because there was one time where I, I could not I could not continue on dating someone because there was something about their voice that just bugged me. Yeah. Sometimes that's just your intuition just yeah. telling you, nah, <laughs> turn around, yeah, run. It's just... <laughs> Love them as a brother and sister only. That's right. <laughs> so, Tony, tell us about that. What was that? Uh, it... it... <laughs> It was a person that I met at a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, at a, at a family gathering, right? She wasn't family. <laughs> Thank goodness. Let me just, let me just preface. Thanks for the clarification, Tony. We needed it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. This is Catholic dating. Catholic. But just for everyone that's listening, she wasn't family. <laughs> she wasn't. We, we just wanted Was to make not. sure. Yeah. We had yeah. no bloodline. Okay, anyway. We almost had to bring this up to Tony, you pig. So I was talking with her. I, 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 I Sorry. I When I met her at the, the celebration thing that wasn't family, uh, I only had like did like the high bye thing, right? And she started follow uh, following me on the IG on the Instagrams, right? Because that's how that's how people <laughs> that's how people meet each other. They just follow each other um, without having an actual conversation. And then here's the smooth. All right, high schoolers, this is for you guys. And then you just put in the DMs, you're like, oh yeah, remember we met, but we actually haven't met. And then yeah, Delane did not like that. Okay, so anyway. Um, <laughs> So I was talking, she started messaging me and uh, we were talking, uh, messaging and that was fine. Um, and then we decided to go hang out. I think it was like at, at um, Victoria Gardens, um, which was fine. Uh, but, but it wasn't so much that necessarily her voice, but it was just that like she was just super quiet. You know, like on texting, you can actually like pick up a conversation and you can start a conversation that can be organic because there's a lot of time in between of thinking, right? Um, and I, this is why I'm terrible at conversation because I can't pick up a next conversation starter really fast in real time. Uh, and she couldn't neither. And it was just both of us not knowing how to communicate. Uh, and that's what made it really uh, uncomfortable. 
And I was just, I told that that was actually one of the situations where I actually said, I think um, at the end, I was like, I think maybe we should just, you know, stay friends because I don't think, um, I don't know. I, I didn't give a full thing, but uh, yeah, just that it, it was really difficult to, to have a full conversation because we both were very, very timid people on awkward and awkward. Honest and a heartbreaker. Ouch. I mean, I, I, I felt her pain. This is just because I was timid and quiet. I mean, Tony, I, I'm going to pretend like I'm her. I, I really liked you, but I'm so hurt. Well, if you just shaved, maybe we could make this work. I, your beer smells like chrism oil. That's true, but that's what's famous in France. Wait, or not in France. That's a beautiful scent. What are you talking about? Right? It was all prepared. I had this already for confirmations. Darn it, COVID. That's really funny. That you... my chrism. <laughs> okay, in the last three weeks... I've been like on Zoom calls or like in person with certain <clears throat> guys and my guy friends. In all now, including this conversation, they've talked about facial hair. I never understand it, but I'm here for it. Like, if that's how us sisters can learn to really speak your language, kind of sure. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I shave like two to three times a week. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I feel it, brothers. <laughs> I th- I think I think um it doesn't I think it doesn't go well when when the ladies talk about shaving because we're like yeah <laughs> I think the reason why men don't shave and they stop shaving is not because they want the look it's because they're lazy to have to shave <laughs> every single day sometimes twice a day if you have to go somewhere after 5 because you get that five o'clock stubble, you know. Don't let it confuse you. I know I'm Asian, but somewhere down the line, we got some other blood in us, and my family we're hairy people, <laughs> and so this just grows out. So, um, sorry to my wife. She's always telling me I'm gonna shave you in the middle of the night, but I like my beards. Now it smells like chrism oil. Yeah, sometimes it smells like the other scent called holy smokes yep it (laughs) smells like frank it smells like incense i need to get all of that for all my guy friends yeah so if you want to get this and hopefully tony vicinda who is the like the owner of catholic balm company will shoot me out some some help here or maybe even go on our podcast but it's it's all my my beard balm is from catholic balm company and this is Tony Vicinda. He's a youth minister. So there you I go, folks. Get that. Beard balm. See, that that whole thing was just me trying to plug chrism oil. You guys thought that I was, like, bashing on it. It was, it was all part of the plan. And you guys so. are all doing ministry. You guys are all doing ministry. This guy got so creative because you guys know you don't make much money. So, so you guys are, like, youth ministers. It's like... Totally, you've taken the vow of poverty. But but anyways, 
there are youth ministers who got creative, and Tony Vicenda got creative with a couple of other youth ministers, and they created this. And the Franciscans, they wear this. You know, Franciscans have to wear. And so he provides them with their chrism, um, their beard balm, to keep that holy beard um, really cool. Also, um, he does the Nazarite challenge. So, no shave November. Just plugging it out there. So, Haley, you've been quiet, you know. So, how's your dating life like? <laughs> wow, that's very straightforward. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, I was going to ask, like, have you, <laughs> have you gotten any COVID lately? Um, I actually have I, gone on a few even during quarantine. Because I, I was going to ask, isn't this really during this COVID-19 um, pandemic I would always say it's like, this is going to be super difficult to date because of social distancing. I mean, it's like, I'm on a date and he's six feet away. <laughs> it's probably more prudent that way. But, you know, it, it's like built in chastity, which is probably good for all of us. <laughs> wow. She just she just threw it out there. COVID is a gift from God. <laughs> they said they didn't like it, but social distancing is good. <laughs> <laughs> The Lord is teaching us how to be prudent and physically chaste. And here it is, social distancing. Yeah, put on a mask. <laughs> so how did those dates go, though? Uh, well, I knew this guy previously. We've known each other for years. And so, and we had, like, dated previously. And so then it was just, like, okay, kind of hanging out again. Um, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> um, but like Delane, they actually weren't dates. They were hangouts. But they were dates that were not dates you know so i i i don't get that what what are dates that are hangouts um it's is it there like other people of saying that it's a date because i feel like for us maybe it's because we don't know what a date is where we just don't ask for it <laughs> i don't know tony can you say something from the male perspective i feel like we never get asked on dates because there's so many like expectations to what they should be uh and we just don't know how to fulfill them <laughs> so let, let me ask all of you so on these hangouts um who pays we've gone back and forth <laughs> well like you pay one time and he pays yeah. one time oh my mom would beat him it was a really interesting thing for me. One of my hangouts was like more than half of 24 hours. And so we did multiple things. So we just traded off paying each time. So each time we had to like we did certain like activities and stuff. And so we just like have Z all the like the entire day. But yeah, during the hangouts. Yeah, I, I am a trad cat dad. I would <laughs> I would beat him. <laughs> All right. I, I'm glad you're not my dad. Anyway, um, so there's a couple of notes. One, I would say uh, sometimes guys will say that it's a hangout. One, because if it doesn't go good, they could just say, oh, we were just hanging out. Cowards. And, and the way I, I, I agree. But and then and then if it does go well, it was a date. Right. That's the that's the really cowardly approach. But also, I would say um, 
I think some guys and kind of me also, uh, if, if the girl doesn't allow the guy to pay, I know this sounds kind of silly when you put it in, when you say it out loud, but when, if the guy, if the girl doesn't allow the guy to pay, it does feel like even more so that it's just a hangout. It's just like them just being friends and getting to know each other in that respect. Uh, but there's been plenty of times where I'll try to pay f- for the, the, the whatever we're doing, the movies, the dinner, whatever. Uh, and they will purposely make it a point to not let me pay. So in that respect, do I still get beat up for that? <laughs> I had no comment on that one. But but I think sometimes the, when when I, I have been on dates in, in my old days where the the lady did not allow me to pay and the reason for that was she didn't want the person to give the impression that she was interested in me and so i think with some men when you don't allow them to pay um this is my own perspective so don't crucify me if you're one of those really staunch feminists um that that when you don't allow a man to pay it almost like takes away some of their ability to be that man to be that masculine man to be that joseph to be that provider um for 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 the woman and that's not to take away from the feminine genius of what a woman provides i was raised by six women no father and these were tough women i mean they they they'd kick your butt in a heartbeat um and so They've always taught me that I had to be the man, the provider, and my wife makes more than me. But, but the the beautiful thing is that she allows me to be the head of the family, which does not diminish who she is as the head of our family household. I mean, she controls everything. I don't know where anything is. I don't even know where we what we pay and what we don't pay. Um, but I think going back to that, I think it takes away from that because then the guy says, well, you know, it's like, um, we're, we're friends. This, this is kind of like a friend thing. And I think we, we, we have a tendency of going into relationships as let's see if we can be friends first. And then if it works out, then maybe we can go a little bit further, but I don't know about you guys, but I've never wanted to kiss my friends. I never. I agree. Wa- I <laughs> never wanted to kiss my friends. I'm like, I agree. Yeah. Like, like Tony, ugh, not even interested. It's a very profound revelation. Thank Arnold. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's that's my take on that is and that whole um, paying thing. I mean, my my mom when when I used to go out on dates in high school, my mom would always say, "Do you have enough money?" And I said, "Why?" I mean, we're we're going Dutch. That's what we used to call it, go Dutch. And my mom would always say, "No, not going to do that. You need to pay." My mom also also told me you had to open the door. My mom also told me that you had to pick up the girl at the door, never honk the horn because you're not picking up a hoe. Actually, my mom didn't call it. She She's Filipina. She called it a uh, a P word uh, with a U and a T and an A. So never treat the girl like that. Always get out of the car, 
pick them up, even when they say that, you know, I'll just honk the horn and, and I'll come out. Don't do that. So that's how I was raised. And so I'm always surprised when people are like, oh, I'll meet you at the movies. Um, why? So call me a trad cat dad. But that's just me. Sorry, Tony. Yeah, I would have beat your butt. Thanks, Arnell. You're welcome. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to come back. <laughs> I think Kaylee was going to say something. Yeah, I think, okay, it's partially our fault as women, too. We don't give any reason for people to, for guys to want to date us. Like, if we were there, I think we're always told to, like, never admit certain things to the point where it's, like, the uncomfortable situation of, like, oh, like, telling the guy like oh I like you therefore he can actually make moves on that as opposed to just assuming that he knows or assuming that he hears everything that we say in our head and that that's a huge problem to like what this even means for us because if I never tell the guy that I like him then he'll never know that he can and is capable of making any what move right asking on a date going whatever just saying things in general Um, and I think that kind of changes the game too and so like I'm all about it when it's like when you have the opportunity to tell someone that you like them, you need to take it. Otherwise, like we'll all be living off of assumptions and that will just never that will never fly, Um, which is arguably why we don't know how to date because we first of all don't know how to communicate. And so that's a huge part, too. That's true. And, and, I, and I agree with that because, you know, there was a great book that was written one time. It says women are from Venus and men are from dumb and they don't know and they met on Earth. And it's up to women to tell us what it is that, darn it, what are you thinking? Because we can't read minds and pretty much we have this blank look. When guys smile at you guys, we totally don't know what's going on. You need to tell us. That's the first part of communication. Men are dumb. Just kidding. But we are. I think also, like, we have to realize that men and women, like, the ways that we communicate are so different. Even, like, women to women, like, the way that women to women communicate are so different and men to men. And so, like, imagine how different our brain frequency and waves are, like, with the opposite sex. And, and like, I'm, I'm a person that knows that, like, like, men are supposed to be the leaders, but also women have a position to be leaders for men as well in a different way. And not to say that men are any less, but we can help put the man in in the position to lead. And so like, I told someone that I liked him and that was a whole adventure. That was fun. <laughs> um, but like, I know that for both of us, we weren't stuck, you know, like, especially in ministry. And if you're like, your whole social life is in like in ministry and the people you're around all the time. And then you see someone you like, and you're like close to them. It's kind of weird. You're like, what's happening here. And so, and you see them like three to four times a week. You just have to clear the air. Like you have to like be straight up because you know, like that can create like a lot of drama and you already have so much of that when you're like there in ministry. And so why add to it? And so if you're a mature emotionally mature catholic man or woman especially my women out there please tell the guy just tell him like don't ask him out but just be like hey i like you so i'm gonna let you do whatever you want to do with that just to let you know and it gives the guy the freedom to lead and encourages him 
to either lead you to like a holy friendship with him or lead you to like a beginning of a holy relationship. And so I just feel like there's a lot of give and take that women and men have. And I feel like both of them require like a lot of courageousness and boldness. But again, we're not used to that because our society definitely tells us not to admit those things. And thank you for sharing that, Delane, because a lot of young men and a lot of young women need to hear that because it is a huge thorn from the side of a guy when a girl when when a lady goes up to him and says i like you they're like oh thank gosh she said that cuz i liked her too but i have absolutely no no understanding of how to approach that because they don't want to get hurt they don't want to like oh you're stupid you know who would like you um because you know women mature faster than men um and they they will always be more mature than than men just ask my wife Uh, but um but yeah i i i have two daughters and i've always told them it's there's nothing wrong with you telling that young man that they're cute or you're interested that doesn't mean for you guys who are out there listening that doesn't mean that that's that's a key to to break their heart to think that they're easy to think, oh, they're interested in me, so they're willing to go all the way or whatever that means for you. That just means, as Delane said, to enter into a holy relationship. Um, but, Tony, were you going to say something? Because I'm about to go next step. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say that that kind of goes with what Haley was saying. If you if you were to put that out there, maybe you would get less of a fr- less of the responses from guys, do you want to hang out? Because I know speaking personally and other guys, a lot of times we will talk to each other. It's like, I like this girl, but I don't know if she likes me back. So I'm just going to ask her out to hang out with me. If she says yes, that might be an uh, inclination that she is interested. Then I could ask her out on a date after if that goes well. So that you you would skip a little step there if if girls spelled it out for us. I will note, last note on this. I will note that like there's going to be people listening and they're like, "Ah, oh, the key to dating as a Catholic young adult. It's not it, it's not the it doesn't fit this way and it's going to be messy, but I think that's the importance of like being like rooted in your faith because that's what's really going to guide you to like learning and learning about yourself through uh dating in this like season of your life and who to date and everything like that. And you can't expect yourself to make like or for the other person to respond well, because we might be thinking this, but is everyone else in our like ministries, do they have this standard? And so like to anyone that's like listening, don't be like, don't be discouraged if you try it out this way and it doesn't go necessarily where you're like, oh, Delane, you said that if this happened, then we'd have like a perfect friendship and or relationship. Like we're still human, you know, like we still get nervous sometimes you know, this happened to me where I told the guy I liked him and then we still just hung out. And I mean, partially that's on me for also allowing that to happen. And so there's just a lot of learning and we have to allow ourselves to learn this type of like language and unlearn the type of language that like, you know, dating culture now, Tinder and whatever, all those million other dating apps. Yeah, I I would have never survived that. Um, that whole 
dating thing. Even with my niece who who found her husband on a dating app, I was like traumatized. I'm like, wait, you've never met him? Uh, no, we're going to go fly and meet each other halfway. I'm like, he could be a, a serial killer. Um, but but they've been married for, I don't know, 16, 17 years, and uh, they've been blessed with two dogs. Um, so um, <laughs> they're bearing fruit, canine fruit. Uh, so, if, Lisa, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, honey, but you're my goddaughter. Um, and I love Brandon um, and your fur babies. But, hey, hey you know, you guys brought this out. I, I want to ask, have you guys ever had, um, there was that question, um, have you ever went and asked someone on a date and totally flat out got told no? Never put it out there. I mean, Delane said that she told someone, uh, hey, uh, I like you. And they just hung out. She was expecting more. I mean, have you ever been in that situation where you ask someone out and they're like started avoiding you? Yes. Do tell, Pl- Tony. Pl- plenty, plenty of times. <laughs> Does that go with, uh, with a date going bad? Um, n- no, usually it is just like what you said. Like I asked them out and they said no. Um, and then this is, this is the theory. This is kind of the whole reason why I wanted to talk about this. I have a theory and I know no one's going to agree with me because no one's ever agreed with me on this. So whatever. But, uh, <laughs> I think it's very difficult as a minister, uh, a young adult minister. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if she's disagreeing with me. Delane's looking for those that can't, that aren't watching the video. Um, I think it's difficult as a minister to seek out people um, in a romantic sense, dating that sort of thing, uh, because for whatever reason, dating has such a negative connotation because there's so many people that abuse it for selfish reasons. Right. You with me? So that that has a negative connotation. So a minister trying to ask out someone for some reason, or at least it feels like when I've asked out certain girls, they treat me almost to the sense that like I'm being creepy, but like, I mean, as far as I know, I don't do it in a creepy way. Again, this is the whole disconnection of the guy and the girl perspective, right? Um, but I'm just saying, hey, I, I I think that you're interesting. I feel like we have a lot in common. I would like to get you get to know you more. Would you go on a date with me, right? Something like that. And they'll say no, which is fine. But then the avoidance issue is what comes up next. And that's when it becomes like, well, you can reject me. We don't have to like stop talking completely. Like there's nothing wrong with you saying no. Like you're not going to love everyone you meet. You're not going to like everyone you meet. You're not going to go on a date with everyone you meet. I completely get that. Um, So to answer your question, yes, that's happened multiple times. And yeah, the avoidance does come and uh, it's, it's unfortunate to say the least at times. Yeah. When I, when I did ministry and regarding the young adults and the peer leaders, I had this rule that there was no dating in ministry. And it was a good rule because it, it it had a tendency of always going bad because if it went south, then you would always just wish and hope and pray that the guy becomes a priest so that, you know, he's he's 
serving God and that she becomes a nun because, well, then Jesus took her and now she's married to Jesus and we're okay. But you'd always see like a separation. All the guys hang on one side and says, dude, you could do so much better. And the girl's going on to the other side and says, he was a jerk anyways. And one of them has to leave. So I really feel bad for for youth ministers who are going in because I think the expectation is, well, they're serving as a youth minister. So they're either one, they're going to become a priest or they're discerning to be a sister or a religious nun. So I can't take her away from God and I can't take him away from being Jesus, from being Christ to others. And so, and then there's this whole thing where people think you're perfect. Or yep. overly holy. Yep. Dude, it's so agree. funny that you bring this up because, like, Tony, I think I agree with you. Even on the women woman side of it, like, I've heard, I've talked to some of my close guy friends, and I'm like, bro, like, this whole dating thing is not working out. Like, uh, I'm pretty cool being single too. Like, I just, just like, so we were just talking. And they're like, Delaine, do you realize that like? you're pretty young and you have this position in the church that's really rare. And they're like, you know how intimidating that kind of is like to a guy who's, you know, not that told you that the title is anything, but I feel like just, it's just a natural thing that happens when (laughs) there's just a natural thing that happens when you have the title of any type of minister, because a lot of, you know, the young adults that are you're meeting, at least that we're meeting are like fellow like leaders like they're they're your like same age group as far as like that's your peer as far as age group but like as far as like job title they look at you and they're like oh you're like a minister that's like a whole different type of holy like yeah it's that whole like perfection type thing so it does make like as ministers i don't know about y'all but like it makes like dating a little bit harder because like everyone thinks that you can't be emotional and I'm a very emotional girl and I'm sorry, I'm not crazy. I'm just emotional. And like people think that because I'm an emotional person, they're like, Whoa, like you're a minister. I'm like, wait, yeah. Like how does that separate? What does that mean? Like I'm still human. I still am trying to figure out like my vocation. So Mm -hmm. obviously I'm going to try out, I'm going to try this dating thing. I'm going to discern like sisterhood, discern like single life. And I think altogether it just makes things like a little bit more awkward as if dating wasn't awkward already. You put, you slap on the title of minister and it just gets 10 times more awkward. I agree. That so. That's so totally on. And I think, you know, this, this is an adult conversation. I think a lot of times men and women, um, when it involves um, youth ministers and ministers, people serving in the church, is that they still struggle with concupiscence. They still struggle with their their tendencies of, of, of desires. And they go and they see a person and they're like, I, I can't be thinking about these things, you know. Uh, I'm I'm serving God, and all I can think about is kissing her or kissing him or holding hands, and and um and then the thought of in an over sexualized society. God forbid I started thinking about having sex with my youth minister. Mm. I was like, yeah. I can't do that, and so it, it it takes a level of maturity in young adults to be dating. Um, 
people as holy as youth ministers. <laughs> no, were you listening? We said that we aren't holy this entire time. <laughs> that that's not as all the case. <laughs> quotation marks. Emphasis on the quotation marks. Attempt, attempting holiness, desire to always be holy. You know, and and you guys, you know, um, good luck. <laughs> This is why I only date out of diocese, don't you know? That's true. Yeah, that is so true. And you're so close, you're on the border. <laughs> Tony, you had, you had one of those really, really great questions on your post in, in your Instagram. Um, it, it was, um, well, we talked about who should pay. <laughs> and you guys heard my my point of view on that. But here, I think a lot of people who are going to be watching this or listening to this and know you, they're going to want to know this. Have you ever had your heart broken? Ladies my, first. My tear emoji is coming out. Oh, ladies first? Yeah, ladies first. Joe Murray's not dead. What a gentleman. I know. But he won't pay. <laughs> Haley's the youngest. She can go first. Um, have I ever had my? I mean, arguably, I would like to say that like my feelings get hurt, but I'm also not very easily, easily, anything. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a very emotional person at all. Um, so there are certain situations where, yeah, like a guy told me he didn't like me or whatever, and it was just like all right, so, like, now what was kind of my perspective all the time? Um, but, yeah, I'm not a very emotional person, so I would like to say no. Heartbroken seems like a really extreme term. Um, that I don't know if I could classify my feelings being hurt as being heartbroken. So you, you've never been in one of those relationships where, you know, you guys broke up and then you just deleted every single picture in your Instagram with you and him? No, I think that's childish. <laughs> but, but also, like, I mean, okay, so, like, the very spiritual side of it is, like, I've always said, like, if, you know, your if your relationship with the Lord doesn't involve me, if your journey in life doesn't involve me, then by all means, like, tell me that so that I'm not, like, being dragged upon or that the vice versa, right? Like, I don't want to drag anybody on if I know for a fact that, like, if if we're in the case of like dating for the sake of marriage, which is the ideal situation, which is so contradictory um, to what dating in today's society tells us. But it's like for me, like, yeah, I'm in pursuit of dating for marriage. And if I don't see marriage with somebody from the get go, then I won't even get to the point of dating this person. And so it's like if if like everything at stake is so much larger than like this guy rejecting me then it's like why do i keep going <laughs> so true delaine you know i was once like Haley, and i still am i think that the aspect of um like if if god's will and if i'm aligning my will to god's will doesn't include this guy um then I should be okay. And I'm okay. Like basically in the, I really hope he doesn't listen to this, but it's cool. If he does. Cause he knows. So like, what's up, dude. 
Um, but like, uh, I recently definitely had my heart broken and I mean, we're, we're good. We're like, it's fine. And I think I'm okay with it because of like my faith and like how rooted I am in like God's will and always pursuing that. But the ugly side of heartbreak that I think Catholics don't talk about is allowing myself to feel that way because like, I so wish I could just not feel things and like not be as emotional as I am, but uh, I'm like an empath. I'm like hypersensitive. And so like, these are all like things my therapist has told me. They're like, you can't tell yourself not to feel like heartbroken. And like, of course, like therapy, that was like the secular side of it. So I took it to my spiritual director. He was like, why can't you be heartbroken? Like allow, allow God to like enter into that place and like allow him to show him like really like his divinity and his will. Mm-hmm. Um, but also allow your humanity to come in because like he loves that part too. And he wants to love you in that place. And so in the current season, I am, I am being healed by the Lord Jesus. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, heartbreak. It's an interesting place to be. Tony. Uh to comment on you guys' like response to the heartbreak, um, I completely agree. I think when I've gotten uh, like when I've gotten advice or even therapy, it, it, the phrase that always comes to mind is I'll give I give myself permission to feel, right? Um, so that experiencing what you're experiencing is a reality in that moment. There's nothing wrong for you. There's no reason why you have to suppress that. Um, yeah, I've been heartbroken broken before uh, a couple of times i i think one of the times that stood out most was when i was younger when i didn't know as much right and uh a little a lot a lot more emotional than i am now um but yeah it was just like the girl and we were together and then one day she's like oh yeah there was this other guy that i was involved with this one whole whole time and stuff <laughs> so um you know that that made things tough to trust and that sort of thing but and this is gonna sound completely cliche but i truly did learn quite a bit from that um primarily self-respect um and that sort of thing so i mean yeah it's cliche but you do learn from every every heartbreak you do learn from them stays you do learn from those like hard hard trials yeah that each one of each one of those are super super tough and i i always like to tell people you know in, in my workplace or or even youth who still come to me for for some information slash advice is that every time that happens it's an opportunity for growth and that you should not avoid that the greatest thing with courtship uh that leads to dating is that you're learning about the other person. But the greatest thing more than that is that you're learning so much more about yourself, about yourself. And I'm really glad that that Delane and Tony brought up therapy because that's my line of work. And so many people don't take advantage of therapy. People have this stigma that um, if I go to therapy, that means I'm crazy or I can't handle things. And I always tell people, no, it's that you're not handling things and you need to learn how to cope 
with that and and find other coping mechanisms so that you can move forward and be a better version of yourself because the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over again expecting a different outcome and so for you guys who are dating out there and keep doing the same stupid things that's crazy get some therapy call delane call tony probably um tell you who their therapist is and probably run into them um don't see me i don't see anyone like you guys no i'm <laughs> just kidding just old people um but tony what's what's one of the other questions that you posted that that got some significant um answers because i was looking at them and and the percentages were like almost 50 50 yes 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 which one is the one that was 50 50 uh, have you ever asked someone out and they said no to you? Uh, we had 30. There was about 60-ish people, a little over 60 people that participated. 32 said yes. 35 said no. I looked through the 35 that said no, and a good portion of them were all girls. I don't know what that means, but just wanted to make a note of that. Um I know what was the other one that was similar. That could mean that uh, guys are still asking girls out and girls are still saying no. Right. And it could also mean that just girls aren't asking them out too, but that that, that I kind of feel like I probably should have made a poll that way we could have just determined which one was. But the the opposite side of that, so there's the opposite side of that exact question. Have you ever been asked out and said no to the person? Vastly different. 50 50 people said yes and then 14 people said no so very different okay um raise some hands well actually we can't because this is you know um how many of you guys here have been asked out and said no me tony i have delaying I can't say I've ever been asked. That's the thing. Like officially, like in my head, like mm-hmm. I've never been asked. Like Haley, let's go on a date. Therefore, I would never fall into the category of. Hey Haley, um, you want to hang out? Like adult relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yes, adult relationships. Okay, then I have not. High school was a different ballpark. <laughs> so, so yeah, with me in 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 high school, yeah, I, I said no, and um, when when you did say no, did you feel bad? Because with me, when I whenever I said no, because it, you know during my time it was it was hard for a girl to ask a guy out, and you know, and then you're like, no, that's just weird. And I think I, I did feel I bad, like mostly because like, well, one this guy didn't ask me on a date. He he asked me like three or four times via text to be his girlfriend, <laughs> and I'm like. Uh, this was in high school, so I, but he was older than me, so I was like, that's a little weird. I'm just going to – I don't like you that way. So I just turned them down as nicely as I could. But I, like, did feel bad, but also not because, like, that would be mean if I said yes and I didn't actually like him. So, I mean, I know it's hard, and we're like – sometimes I still see him, like, what's up, dude? And he's like, like, yeah, you said no. <laughs> four times. <laughs> four times? Oh, four times. It was really, it was really weird. Like it, it was like it wasn't even like we were that close. We were kind of just forced to be in the same room. But out of like everyone in that room, I was close to certain people, and he was not one of them. And yet he's still at like he wouldn't like just have a normal conversation with me. So I'm like, 
why would I say yes to being your girlfriend if we don't even have normal conversation? Wow. So advice to him, if he's going to listen to this, have a normal conversation. <laughs> and and I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, anonymous person who keeps like stalker status on Delane. Um, <laughs> I stalked my wife for 365 days. And she said yes in the third year. So don't give up. But stop texting her. <laughs> this was in high school, so I don't know. I mean, like... He's probably married with, th- with, with, like, five kids already. Oh, I don't think so, but... I don't know what he's doing with his life. Yeah. If, if you are listening to this, dude, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And for anyone who's listening to this, please don't ask a person out via text, you know? Facts. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We, e- have, even, we even, have one of those questions. Yeah, even even calling them on the phone and asking them out. No. Well, well, well wait, wait. Go for a At hangout. least listen to the stats. Okay, what's the stats? Okay, so being asked out over text is blank. 12 people said never acceptable. 16 people said sometimes okay. 10 said fine. And 31 said, come on, at least call the person on the phone. Right. (laughs) Which is funny because that means those people are saying that it is acceptable just at least on the phone at minimum. And that's the most number. So they agree. They disagree with you, Arno. Really? I wow. think. Okay. Here's the biggest thing: is that we really just don't know how to communicate to begin with, and like the sentence of like, "Do you want to go on a date with me?" has never come out of a majority of people's mouths in general, from both male and female perspective. I feel like it's it's always a question of let's hang out. That's like that's like the conversation, and I think like. We assume that just because we hang out multiple times that it can escalate and can become a date, even though like it's just what we're like trained to think, I think, I think, I don't know. I think like we've never, we've never been taught how to date, not that we need to, but like we have this like weird misconception of what communication is to begin with that like, we don't even know how to have a conversation, (laughs) you know? And it's like, it's just so mind boggling to me that like, it's just like yeah to all these questions i'm like yeah i've never been asked on a date like no one that has never come out of anybody's mouth and like that's kind of discouraging to me but also the more reason to be like hey what the heck you know like what's the situation here do you, do you feel that that's now acceptable in your generation that meeting someone you know ending up with someone in a holy marriage is going to end up the way it's it's hang out, and then we just said, oh, you know what, we've been hanging out for so long. How about we take it to the next step? Let's get married. I mean, is that is that what you guys envision as now? This is what my generation does, and are you okay with that? I'm a hundred percent not okay with that. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. What's funny though is I think the majority of our generation would say that we're not okay with it, but it is still the social still norm. The yeah, it's still the standard. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Like this past year, I didn't yeah. learn until really this year. Like Delane, you need to, you know, like fix your rhetoric, like fix what, like your how you're approaching this yourself. Like 
me looking at myself, I'm like, sis, come on now. Like you have standards. It's okay to have standards. And you know, that will lead the man that you're whatever trying to get involved with to also have standards for himself and for, for the women that he's trying to pursue as well. And so, yeah, I think something that we need to actively try to change. And, you know, we're all ministers here. It starts with us. Lead by example. I share a story. One of the reasons why I pursued my wife for so long is because she said no. Ooh. She flat out. Just kidding. She flat out said no. She said, "Um, I'm studying right now, and it's very important for me. My family is very important to me. My faith is very important to me. And you don't have a good reputation. And so I'm not ready to have anything to do with you yet. And she left that yet. She Mm -hmm. left an opening. I'm like, she is interested, but not in this version of me. Took me four years. Actually, she started courting me, but we're going back to the last podcast. But, you know, let me ask you, what do you guys want to change? How would you, how would you like to be courted? And and I'm throwing this out there because I, I still believe, you know, I'm old-fashioned. I'm an old-fashioned trad cat dad that believe believes in the word courtship because I, I witnessed that with my five sisters. My mom made sure that their husbands courted them. Didn't date them, but they came to the house. They asked them. They asked my mom to date my sisters, to take them out. And my mom used to always send us, and and she would say, go look out the window. I'm like, Mom, we're watching cartoons. Like, go look out the window. Didn't he open the door for her? And we're like, no, fine. And my mom would come back later. My sisters would come home, and my mom would grill them. Did he open the door for you? Did he treat you like a lady? And my mom used to always say, because if you allow a a young man to not treat you like a lady, then that's not a gentleman, and it's always how he's going to treat you. And so my mom has always raised us and my sisters to set high expectations for yourself and allow the man to meet those expectations and never lower your standards. Never lower your standards because once you lower your standards and what do we call that you settled you settled girl and you're gonna be like settling for the rest of your life and you're gonna be wondering it's like man i could have married a man but i settled and for for you guys out there who are thinking you know what she's too difficult who does she think she is? You know, she's too hard. There's a, there's more women out there. I'm going to tell you, you're not finding the right woman for you. You know, we go to scripture. We go to Proverbs 31. For you guys who are out there, looking at Proverbs 31. It says in Proverbs 31 verse 10, it says, Who can find a good wife? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. That's always been highlighted in my Bible because that's who we look for. Every man 
looks for his Proverbs 31 woman. And every woman should read Proverbs 31. And if you're not that woman, hey, we got work to do. We got work to do. But you know what? This podcast is super beautiful. But hey, can I share your story? I'm talking to my daughter who who walked into the room, and I'm about to share her story of how she was asked out. So, so let me share this to you. All right. So everyone, hold on to their chairs because she didn't say no. So that means, as a dad, it's yes. She's 19 years old. So when she was 17, 16, when she was 16, uh, I took the youth group to Stuby Stuby SD. <clears throat> had a good time adoration but anyways we're there and she's sitting next to one of these young men one of these young men who's also in youth ministry and I'm like alright who's his chaperone I'm like oh crap I'm his chaperone I'm his chaperone and so I'm looking at him and they're sitting next to each other and their friends are sitting not between them but they're sitting next to each other and I'm like, this boy looks like he has, he's looking at my daughter. He's like, but they're not touching. You know, they're hoping that, you know, during the, the Lord's Prayer that they get to hold hands. For you guys who hold hands, they're probably, it's like, I'm not a holding hand kind of person. I don't think you should be holding hands during the Lord's Prayer. But for you young people out there who prefer to hold hands because you want to touch someone, hey, I, that you know, that's that's you. But anyways... Every single moment, these two were next to each other. And when you go take high school students to Stuby, they usually hang out. The girls hang out with the girls. The guys hang out with the guys. The guys act like a bunch of heathens. And the girls are being so holy. Well, here's these two. Inseparable. To the point where during adoration, they're kneeling next to each other. Every single talk, well, they're next to each other. I'm like, okay. So we get home. We get home. And, you know, you guys know as ministers, when you get home, you're busy. You're trying to make sure that the right child goes with the right parent and the right luggage goes to the right person and that the church doesn't get locked up without you making sure that you got your stuff. So here's this boy comes to me and said, Mr. Arnell, um, did you get my email? And I'm like, oh, I haven't looked at my email yet. Little busy. And he goes, well, would you mind reading my email? And here I'm thinking, you know, first thing when a youth comes to you and says, would you read my email? I'm like, right after Sumi, either had he had a revelation, he's going to become a priest or something, or something terrible happened, and now I got to deal with it. I'm like, all right. So I'm looking for the email. I'm looking for the email. Can't find it because as every youth minister, you know how many emails you guys get and you're trying to go through everything from Ascension, everything from Franciscan, all the Stuby emails that all of a sudden you got. And you're like, and I'm like, oh, dude, I, I can't find your email. Can you just resend it? So he goes, oh, sure. He resends it. I get it. And it goes, dear Mr. Resio. And he goes on and he starts talking about relationship. And he starts talking about, you may have noticed that Lauren and I have become very close. And I'm like, is he going where I'm thinking he's going? 
during this time? And he goes on and he says, I would like your permission to get to know her. And I'm like, wait a second. Um, first of all, my family has a rule that my daughters cannot date until they're 16. This young man says, she's 16. I'm like, no, she's not. He says, yeah, her birthday was in May. It's now June. She's 16. I'm like, oh, crap. And and I said, well, you know, I think it's like a little young for you guys to be dating. And he said, well, I didn't ask to date. I wanted to get to know her. And after, you know, a while, once we get to know each other, and once we get to know whether we actually do like each other, then I would like your permission to start dating her. And I'm like, these are words that I tell my daughters and what I expect. And I'm like, my daughter told this boy how to do it and do it right. So I'm going to tell you young ladies advice. You got to teach guys how to do it right. How to approach their dads and how to tell them so that their dads will trust them and not be able to say no. So I did say yes. I did say yes. And these two have had a holy relationship. Never been alone anywhere. Had chaperones while going out on dates. I actually did double date one time. That was awkward for me. But um, I was like, who would accept their parents to go? I was just kidding. And they said yes. I'm like, oh, now I got to pay. Um, but, but... That's, I think that's usually why you guys double date with your parents so you don't have to pay. But, um, but yeah, I was like, oh, please say no, please say no. Yeah. But they always do. And it's, it's a beautiful relationship. And it's one that involves the family. As my mom uh, always says, a relationship between two people is a relationship between just not the two of them, but them and all the Filipino aunties and titas and lolos and lolas and family all around here. And they're the ones who are going to keep you together. Okay. So mind that, that relationships is not just between the two of you. It's between the two of you and each other's family. Because as Catholics, we all know that we are all part of the body of Christ. And when one feels, when Delane feels like her, her her heart is like pounding and she's in love, guess what? Her her grandma is like, oh, she's going to get married soon. Um, so it's like, you know, answering her rosaries or novenas. You know, she's probably praying to Santa Clara somewhere, you know, patron saint of, uh, of, of people. Um, but anyways, that's my take on that. That's my story of how beautiful someone asked someone to to get to know them, to date them, and to have a holy relationship that's centered, centered not on each other, but centered on Christ. Yeah. Always centered on Christ. And as Catholic youth ministers and people who are listening to this mainly mainly Catholics, and if we'd have any other people who are not Catholics listening to this, the beauty of our faith and relationships that are fostered within our faith, is that it is Eucharistic-centered. 
The centrality of every single relationship is strengthened when we receive the Eucharist and we offer it up for that other person. That we don't receive it for ourselves, but we offer that up. And Lord, thank you for giving your body to me. And I offer that gift up for the person that I love, the wife, the woman, or the man. And you know what? Every single time, advice to you guys in relationships, it's never perfect. Never perfect. My wife and I went for a walk together, together, and then we ended up coming home together, but we went on separate walks because she wanted to walk a flat route and I wanted to walk a mountain route. We argued, separated our ways, and we ended up together again. And that's what marriage and that's what dating is. That's what relationship is. So I hope that you guys find what it is that is so beautiful, whether it is you know, your vocation in the single life, whether it's a vocation of serving the Lord in the capacity of religious, whether it's a um, the capacity of the married life and bearing fruit. I hope you guys understand that it must be, it has to be centered on something greater than yourselves. It has to be centered on our Lord Jesus Christ because it's not going to succeed. It's not going to bear fruit if it's not the whole idea of fortitude, the whole idea of patience, the whole idea of self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. That's what it is. And I think in in a generation that's coming up, the concept of self-sacrifice is missing. That's what's missing. It's that concept that, you know, there's no self-sacrifice. It's that instant gratification, what's in it for me. And that's true for every generation, but I think it's more true now. It's in a reset generation. Um, it's a me-me generation. It's all about me. And I think it's, as Catholics, we need to foster a fact in leading our, our youth closer to Christ and to thinking that it's more about the body of Christ. Not my body, but the body of Christ. And I ended up preaching, and I was supposed to allow you guys to start talking. So we're going to leave a few minutes here to you guys to give your spiel. You guys are all youth ministers, so I'm pretty sure that you guys are long-winded, filled with the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, that's the long wind. That's the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you guys an opportunity to each give your own take on what dating is, what you want to say to people listening, to our listeners out there, people who are watching this. Give your take on what this podcast is and what message it is that you are trying to put out by joining this podcast. That's the longest pause okay. that I'm going to have to cut now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, just very briefly, kind of what Arnell made a point on, and I wanted to reaffirm it, is especially now in, in quarantine, you can't really date in the same way that you normally would, right? Um, the only thing that I found that's actually been very helpful and very healthy for me, just speaking for myself, but 
is very similar to what Arnell mentioned, which was the aspect of getting to know the person with the full uh, uh, consent of what the intention is, the full, uh, how do I word this? I, I, most recently, I reached out to someone that I had feelings for that I was interested in, in pursuing, right? And I said, um, knowing that we wouldn't really be able to date, I just said, I have feelings for you. I have an intention of possibly dating you. Would you be open to talk to me more often and get to know one another, see if we have any things more in common and that sort of thing, right? I was just flat out, this is what I would like. Would you, would you be interested in that? And, and she said, yeah, let, let, we can try that. And we did talk for a few months. And she flat out told me one day, I don't think this is going anywhere. And, and that was a full process where I wasn't as hurt by once I've heard that because we both knew where we were going with it. We were talking with the intention of possibly dating, but no expectations. And I actually said that there's no expectations of us getting together. This is merely a, a trial period of getting to know one another. Um, and that made it so much more healthier. And rather than me put out myself on a limb and say, will you date me? Uh, and then getting a no, uh, there was an actual process of like, even giving it a, sh- a try without like, does that make sense? <laughs> I don't, I don't know where I'm going with it, but yeah, maybe trying, uh, the get, get to know you phase with the actual intention, uh, putting it out there. Both of you know that this is where we're going, the possibility of updating. That's what's called courtship. Just want to throw out a definition there. That's what's yep. called courtship. And when she says yes. That, um, and Delane and I have talked about this extensively. Um, I come from Focus and we use the quote or the, the acronym of DTR all the time, um, meaning determine the relationship um, where it leaves no room for any kind of misunderstanding and that everything is laid out and I think the only reason why that I think this is like such a big conversation and such like a big term is because we just don't know how to communicate and so we need to have a set conversation that we're going to establish like I asked one of my teens the other day and if he knew what a DTR was and he was like no I don't but I said take a wild guess and he said it exactly he said a, determ- a DTR would determine four things. Number one, is this relationship good for the other person? Is this relationship good for me? Is this relationship a part of God's will? And is this a part of bringing glory to God? If those four things, or if, ever, if the two people are in a mutual agreement on every single one of those, then there is a possibility of anything happening at that point. Um, and that being said, if you like a person, you got to tell them. If you don't like a person, you got to tell them. If you want to date a person, you have to tell them. And it's just simply that. I think we get away with a lot of like, oh, like I have feelings for this person or like I'm into this person um, or, you know, all these other things that that leave so much room for misunderstanding that <laughs> um, we just fail to make our intentions clear. And so right back to what Tony said is it is our duty, especially in order to like unlearn the process of what we perceive as what dating is nowadays is, is to properly put order where it belongs. And so make it very, very, very clear 
um, and that we can't be afraid of admitting these feelings. Otherwise, we'll never admit them and then the relationship will never happen anyway. So, you know, it could be worse where like we get rejected, whatever, whatever. But that's a part of it. I'd rather get rejected now than being held on for like six months, two years later. And turns out this person never liked me to, get, to begin with, <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's just that. It's allowing ourselves to be open and vulnerable with people if we have um, the intentions of actually being friends with this person and with the pursuit of more. And so, yeah, stating your emotions and feelings clearly so that we're not in a state of, assuming um what we feel how they feel and where we think it should go right and and not missing all those missed opportunities that you may mm-hmm. have had and ending up regretting something mm-hmm. later on and and living the life of shoulda coulda woulda um mm-hmm. and and just you know have the fortitude the courage to just dive in and and see where the Lord takes you with that, and trust in Him. You know, divine mercy, um, Jesus, I trust in you. You know, so Delane, I think um, <laughs> nice. I think um, something that I've been like reflecting on, and something that's come up during like this whole season, the season of like healing for me, is that before I can even think about DTRing with someone, if there was a someone currently like I have to DTR with myself and like with my relationship with God and before you can even approach dating um, I think a lot of people especially our age including myself has been like I'm ready I'm good like I'm ready let's do this let me find the one just like like the prayers like Lord put just put him in the coffee shop that I'm at please like I'm chilling here for so many hours so you might as well just place him here too and I realized that like God is definitely definitely asking me to first approach our relationship and there's so many there's this like fantasization fantasization is that a word that's we're just gonna go with it um of just like like what marriage looks like because you know like a lot of us young adults we you know like we have these daydreams and these idolizations of what a marriage looks like even if we're like quote-unquote good catholics you know um and we're not we're trying to detach from this like vocation and praying from this vocation or whatever um i think we always tend to think about like ourselves in like how would we be in that in that relationship like i think with good intentions we're like yeah i want to like pray the rosary with my like significant other all the time i want to like go to the adoration chapel with him all the time and i want to do all these things read the bible together and everything i'm like i ask myself am i that woman already because if i'm expecting that man like someone I like, someone I'm considering dating to be that man already, am I that woman for him? And I think a lot of us forget that in the wait, in the waiting, quote unquote, waiting of, in like being like single and the part of singleness um, that a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm just waiting. I'm just like looking forward instead of looking at like yourself right now. And I think, you know, like I'm not like both what Tony and Haley said exactly what I think but also I think I'm in this period of like a lot of people are forgetting how fruitful being single is um, because we're looking forward to whatever vocation it is whether it's religious life single life or you know even if it's career wise like we're all we're in this transition period in the 20s where we're like okay like I'm here for the bit like the next big step 
when the next big step is actually just made out of small little steps on our part right now in becoming the men and women who were supposed to be in that like big V vocation. And I think like I was talking to my teens actually like, I think it was Valentine's day weekend. We had like a whole vocations talk and everything. And of course they're like, Delaney, talk about singleness. And like, cool let's totally do that and the guy that I liked was like sitting there and I was like this is cool like this is pretty funny but I realized that I if you look at your life you can see a a direct way that God is working like he's working in every season to build you up to each thing that he's calling you to if you're you know as you know you're allowing yourself to be to be a servant of God and like always trying to align your will with his and I realized that, like, when I was sharing this with our teens and our, our catechists, I was like, our, this season of you being single and you being, you know, like, preparing yourself for dating or preparing yourself for the next step is so pivotal to who you're going to be in that place. And if we want to be building holy families, you know, like, I think, Arnell, you hit it on the head, like, you got it from your family that these are the standards. These aren't high standards. These are the standards on how to build holy relationships. And then now, you know, like you pass that on to your daughters and like for, for us to hear that as like young adults, I'm like, yo, does that like, does that kid have like an older, older brother? Like I'll, hi, my name is Delane. Like it's, that's so crazy that there's, there's that much of like what's passed down generation to generation. So going back to what I was saying is that like it starts with us being single before us even dating because we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble without discerning how to properly be single before we're properly dating. That was a lot. <laughs> that was really good stuff. And you you led me to my next vocation, which probably could be I could be the matchmaker. Um <laughs> Catholic Youth Ministry Matchmaker.com. Oh, the money we could make for ministry. Yo, I'm down. <laughs> I'll be the I'll be the experiment. I'm just kidding. Dylan, <laughs> I, I want to touch back on what you said. You know, it's a big step, you know, to go out. It's a big step. And sometimes I, you know, and I thought immediately what I should say um regarding what you said. You know. Going forward, it's a big step to go out there and date and put yourself out there. And sometimes what we need to do is we need to take a big step back and take a look at all our options and what God is providing for us. A lot of times when we are so focused on, I got a date, you know, I'm getting older, how come I'm, you know, so all my friends are, are this and that and they're married. You know, when I was 27, I'm like, everyone's having children and I'm still like, this way, working, you know, I have a house and no one's in it. And and it was like God said, take a step back and look at all the things that I have for you. Because sometimes we get so focused on what we're looking for, our ideal girl, our ideal husband, our ideal wife, that God just wants us to step back and says, look, look. And see everything that is there available for you. Have that courage. Go out and and get to know people. And allow people to get to know you. Like the real you. Like the real you. Not like the fake you that you put out there. You know, all touched up and everything. Um, 
that's that whole thing with with courtship, uh, and that's beautiful, you know, to see that. And I love seeing holy relationships. Um, give a shout out to one of my favorite holy relationships, not my daughter's, because that would be unfair. But there's this couple. Diego and Elizabeth, they're having a baby and, you know, they're having a little, little, little boy and his name's going to be Arnell. Um, no, it's Augustine. Um, name's going to be Augustine, but probably our birthdays are going to be the same. So, um, I'm going to try to buy them a really expensive gift so they'll name that child after me. But a really beautiful, holy relationship. They met in ministry. They dated throughout ministry. They serve in ministry. They serve in music ministry. And that is such a great example of serving God and serving each other. And holy relationships happen that way, and they do happen in ministry. And there's hope for you guys. There is. Praise Jesus. Yeah. PTL. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, everyone's like, hands up in the air, please. Um, but I want to thank you guys for, for coming on this podcast. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed listening to you guys. Um, I can't tell you enough how important your message is to young people out there. The, every message that you put out there is truth. And for the people you're serving in ministry, they need to truly take your words of wisdom and and run with it. I want to leave you guys with actually the whole thing where I said, you guys need to read Proverbs 31. You know, a lot of people who are in love, they're all like, oh, First Colossians, things like that, you know, all that, you know, all that stuff about love. But, you know, I told you guys that marriage and relationships is about self-sacrifice. So I'm going to continue from Proverbs 31. I want you guys to listen to it. You guys listening on the, on the podcast, listen to this. It continues where it says, She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. And tasks for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She clothes her loins with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household 
and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. That's the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Proverbs 31, ladies, Proverbs 31, men, if you're looking for that woman that is going to sustain you in your travel to heaven, find that Proverbs 31 woman. And if you are that woman who is looking for that man who is going to walk to heaven with you on the danger side of the road, live out Proverbs 31. That is the call. So, thank you to Delane. Thank you to Haley. Thank you to Tony for bringing this on. And that's all we have for this episode, which going to be titled, I have no idea. But we're going to find a title for it. I want to ask you guys, please don't forget to rate and subscribe to This Connected on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast platform. Email us your comments and questions to catholic.dad50 at gmail.com or follow us and send us a DM on our Instagram at catholic.dad. You can also support this podcast by making an online donation. Online donation, either send me a Venmo at catholic.dad or you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash this connected. Please note your donations actually goes 100% to support youth ministry. We don't get none of it. None of it. So just make a note that your donation goes to needy youth out there seeking Christ. So on that note, remember, live a life of holiness. We'll be praying for you. Please pray for us. And most importantly, be blessed and be third. Ta-da! And that's all we have, folks. Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind. Drown out the noise. And see if this connected. And see if this connected. This Connected Podcast is brought to you by The Cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest, but not too far away from home or the city? Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The Cabin is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, 
a full-size kitchen, and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin, located in the San Bernardino Mountains, is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation. I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, as well as this podcast. Check out the cabin on Instagram at the cabin 2021. Again, that's at the cabin 2021. T H E C A B I N 2021. 